Chapter Three of Grandpa's Darlings by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: Making Believe. It was a summer morning, bright and clear, but yet it was cold. The sun was just peeping up behind the hills at our back door, not awake enough yet to warm the great earth that was waiting for him. Things had been astir at Grandpa's for some time so had they been at the other house the other house meaning minnie's home at the upper end of the garden grandma had gone very early to the other house for there was a journey in prospect a very early start was to be taken and somehow no one in our family ever could get ready to do anything without grandma's help auntie Duell and i had been left to get the breakfast and she rattled the fire until the tea-kettle puffed, and the coffee bubbled, and the potatoes in the spider sissed. Then, bidding me see that things didn't boil over or burn, she threw her apron over her head and ran up the hill. Just where I wanted to go. I hadn't seen my darling in twelve hours, and wished that people didn't have to eat breakfasts when they were going away, or that I didn't have to get them, or something." Pretty soon Auntie Duell came down the hill faster than she had gone up and burst in at the kitchen door. "'They want you to come up and see if you can do anything with Minnie,' she said as she jerked the bubbling coffee-pot to the corner of the stove, and added, "'Those potatoes are burning. What creature you are to get breakfast!' "'What is the trouble with Minnie?' I asked anxiously, looking around for a bonnet. "'Oh, she is cross.' won't let anybody touch her. It is almost time for the stage, and she isn't dressed. In three minutes more I stood in her mamma's room. Shall I ever forget the funny little figure that I found curled up in a great armchair? One tiny arm and shoulder slipped out from her white nightgown, the other just ready to be slipped. Just so far had Minnie's toilet progressed when the poor, sleepy darling roused to the thought that she was being dreadfully ill-treated, being waked up in the night and picked out of her snug bed and her pretty dream. She had been told every morning for years, so she thought, that she was going away off to Auntie's house one of these days, until the truth was she didn't believe a word of it didn't believe there was any auntie's house, and was heartily tired of the whole story. Such a pitiful little lip as was puckered up at me, and quivering voice said, pleadingly, "'Auntie Bell will take Minnie. She is tired and sleepy and cold.' I sat down in a low chair, and gathered the queer little bundle into my big house apron, and, without a word of dressing, I began to tell a story about a wonderful kitten with brown tail and white feet, and some way the kitten could only be found at Auntie's house. Pretty soon I began to bathe the pretty little limbs and take away the ugly, chilled feeling with some vigorous rubbing. Then, before she knew it, the ridiculous little skirts were going on, the kitten's story continuing with increased interest. As I settled the dainty linen suit into place, my small lady roused to consciousness. "'Why, Auntie, you are putting on my travelling dress.' "'Of course I am, darling. Don't I tell you that you are going to travel?' 
she peeped out at the other room with shining eyes and mamma is all dressed up she said eagerly and papa has his duster coat on and the big trunk is packed why we're really truly going why i'm so delighted then came auntie duell to get a glimpse of her darling oh she said as the trim little vision in braided linen suit and brown travelling boots caught her eye dear me you look so very nice i'm afraid all the little boys will fall in love with you fall where asked our astonished little maiden this was new language for her instead of explaining we all laughed at the amazed look in her eyes she put her head on one side and thought then a radiant smile broke over her face and she said eagerly auntie duel do you mean they will love me auntie nodded and then minnie clapped her bits of hands together and said oh why won't that be ever so nice which sentence she seemed to consider the height of proper language meantime grandpa had come up and at this point he took the small lady in his arms saying as he stood her on the centre table to shake out her skirts little woman did you ever hear of an old saying with five words in it handsome is that handsome does how does that mean grandpa the little woman asked tilting her head on one side like a canary bird it means that even the little boys silly beings though they often are will not love anybody who doesn't act very nice no matter how pretty they look you may be dressed in your nicest and if you are cross or selfish or sullen nobody will love you will you always remember that um said minnie i don't know that that is quite the way to spell it but it is as near as i can get to the word that she was fond of using instead of yes sir um remember it ever always which was another sentence of her own making which she seemed to think was very strong language grandpa laughed see that you do he said in a tone which said i presume you will forget all about it in an hour now give me ten kisses and i'll carry you down to get some breakfast the kisses were given with a will many a loving hug and pat thrown into the bargain minnie loved her grandpa much dearly so she said and truly she had reason god never gave a better grandpa to any of his little ones than he gave to her for the benefit of those who would like to know some things that she did while on her journey i will copy a letter from her mamma dear grandma we reached here safely last evening minnie did not seem tired at all and is as fresh as a bird this morning she made a great many friends on the cars people came to borrow her every little while and i could hear them laughing at what she said i suspect she told some remarkable stories i heard one of them a gentleman sitting before us asked her to come and sit with him and she went promptly enough can't you come home with me and be my little girl he asked her i don't know she said putting her head on one side as if she were thinking about it have you any mamma there for me no he said laughing and blushing but i think i could hunt one up oh she said loftily 
well mine is hunted up you see i wouldn't have to wait for her after he got done laughing at that he said i've got an old yellow cat at home and two cunning little white kittens i don't believe you have any at your house oh yes i have she said promptly i've got an old cat and five little cunning kittens they are brown and white and gray and oh all colors indeed he said that is rather ahead of me what can your kittens do oh play with their tails you know and run after a ball and lots of things do you put them in the barn to sleep oh no she said with a horrified air no indeed not at all i've got a little crib for them and little sheets and pillows and everything and i rock them to sleep in my arms every night they've got cunning little white nightgowns and nightcaps with lace on mamma made them don't you think he must have thought her mamma was an idiot he seemed wonderfully amused and kept asking questions among others do they sleep well all night well yes minnie said most always only one night they were sick every one of them and i had to sit up with them all night and mamma gave them aconite and belladonna every two hours and they got better he laughed so hard that he shook the seat but he went on with his questions what in the world made them sick do you think oh said the ridiculous little mouse we don't know but we most expected they had been eating tommy toes and pillar cats and flutterbys for their supper eating what he asked in great astonishment at this point i who had been listening in a kind of maze thought it quite time to interfere why minnie minnie i said leaning forward what dreadful nonsense are you telling the gentleman why mamma she said turning her wondering little face to me i'm only making believe you know i took her in my lap and we tried to have a very grave talk do you believe i could make the queer little mouse understand that she had done wrong in telling such stories they didn't mean to be stories mamma she said again and again i was only playing that i had five kittens and put them in a crib to sleep i would if i had any i think it would be real nice don't you but darling i said the man didn't know you were playing he thinks you really have five kitties but mamma i know i was playing i know it isn't true and i could not make her understand darling i said see here suppose i should write to grandpa like this minnie is very sick i had to sit up with her all night i gave her medicine every two hours would it be true no ma'am she said promptly but suppose i wrote to him the next day and said i was only playing that minnie was sick she isn't sick at all would that make it all right do you think grandpa would say we had done right to make them all so much sorrow and trouble just for play she thought a minute then she said but mamma the man didn't love my kitties he didn't care whether they were sick or not mamma i don't think i made him any trouble i hope you can see how useful my illustration was after a good deal more talk i either partly convinced her or else she thought she would put an end to the whole matter 
for she suddenly leaned forward and said in a clear ringing voice man man i was only making believe you know i haven't got any kitties are your kitties make-believe ones too i never had any and they sleep in the barn i mean they would if i had any only we haven't got a barn and i didn't mean to tell you stories i was just playing and you mustn't ever tell stories ever at all it's wicked and jesus won't love you a bit if you do you don't ever do it do you by this time everybody around us was laughing is it possible the gentleman asked me that the child hasn't any kitten never had one in her life i told him except her play kittens which certainly seemed as real to her as if they were alive i should think so he said she certainly has a vivid imagination what in the world does she mean about their eating tommy toes and pillar cats then i had to tell him that story over which he laughed as though he might have a little one at home whose queer doings had taught him to be amused with the children this is only one of the many adventures that your darling had i was thankful when i had herself and her absurd little tongue safe within the walls of uncle charlie's house End of chapter 3